Between nine and ten o'clock, he hurried to the town hall to see the secretary, who was the only educated man in the town council. Vladimir Stepanich, what's this new fashion? he said, bending down to the secretary's ear. People have been stealing, but how do I come in? What has it to do with me, my dear fellow? he whispered. There has been a search at my house last night, upon my word. Have they gone crazy? Why touch me? Because one shouldn't be a sheep, the secretary answered calmly. Before you sign, you ought to look. Look at what? But if I were to look at those accounts for a thousand years, I could not make head or tail of them. It's all Greek to me. I am no bookkeeper. They used to bring them to me, and I signed them. Excuse me. Apart from that, you and your committee are seriously compromised. You borrowed nineteen thousand from the bank, giving no security. Lord, have mercy upon us! cried Avdiev in amazement. I am not the only one in debt to the bank. The whole town owes it money. I pay the interest, and I shall repay the debt. What next? And besides, to tell the honest truth, it wasn't I myself borrowed the money. Pyotr Semyonich forced it upon me. Take it, he said. Take it. If you don't take it, he said. It means you don't trust us and fight shy of us. You take it, he said, and build your father a mill. So I took it. Well, you see, none but children or sheep can reason like that. In any case, senor, you need not be anxious. You can't escape trial, of course, but you are sure to be acquitted. The secretary's indifference and calm tone restored Avdeyev's composure. Going back to his shop and finding friends there, he again began drinking, eating caviar, and airing his views. He almost forgot the police search, and he was only troubled by one circumstance which he could not help noticing. His left leg was strangely numb, and his stomach for some reason refused to do its work. That evening, destiny dealt another overwhelming blow at Avdeyev. At an extraordinary meeting of the town council, all members who were on the staff of the bank, Avdeyev among them, were asked to resign on the ground that they were charged with a criminal offense. In the morning, he received a request to give up immediately his duties as churchwarden. After that, Avdeyev lost count of the blows dealt him by fate, and strange, unprecedented days flitted rapidly by, one after another, and every day brought some new, unexpected surprise. Among other things, the examining magistrate sent him a summons, and he returned home after the interview, insulted and red in the face. He gave me no peace, pestering me to tell him why I had signed. I signed, that's all about it. I didn't do it on purpose. They brought the papers to the shop, and I signed them. I am no great hand at reading writing. Young men with unconcerned faces arrived, sealed up the shop, and made an inventory of all the furniture of the house. Suspecting some intrigue behind this, and as before, unconscious of any wrongdoing, Avdeyev, in his mortification, ran from one government office to another lodging complaints. He spent hours together in waiting rooms, composed long petitions, shed tears, swore. To his complaints, the public prosecutor and the examining magistrate made the indifferent and rational reply, "'Come to us when you are summoned. We have not time to attend to you now.' while others answered, It is not our business. The secretary, an educated man who, Avdeyev thought, might have helped him, merely shrugged his shoulders and said, It's your own fault. You shouldn't have been the sheep.
The old man exerted himself to the utmost, but his left leg was still numb, and his digestion was getting worse and worse. When he was weary of doing nothing and was getting poorer and poorer, he made up his mind to go to his father's mill or to his brother and begin dealing in corn. His family went to his father's, and he was left alone. The days flitted by, one after another. Without a family, without a shop, and without money, the former churchwarden, an honored and respected man, spent whole days going the round of his friends' shops, drinking, eating, and listening to advice. In the mornings and in the evenings, to while away the time, he went to church. Looking for hours together at the icons, he did not pray, but pondered. His conscience was clear, and he ascribed his position to mistake and misunderstanding. To his mind, it was all due to the fact that the officials and the